What's up, kings and queens? Welcome back to Bad Habits Kingdom. Thank you guys so much for subscribing and supporting us on all of our networks. Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple, and all the rest. Even for being our friend on Facebook. We really, really appreciate it. You have no idea how much that means to us. We are coming right back at it with the Delphi murders. Okay, now I know you guys heard me say before that this is not a true crime channel, but we have done true crime cases in the past but the only true crime case we will be doing from now on until it is solved is the dale five murders this case has always rubbed me wrong it's always bothered me in so many ways i don't know if it's because i have a little girl or because it's still unsolved i don't i i, I just don't know but last night around i fell asleep around 11 30 midnight i woke up at 1 45 and I actually had a nightmare about the Delphi case. And from about 2 a.m. to about 6 a.m., I was on the computer trying to figure out, you know, theories and ideas and, you know, just watching a bunch of videos and reading stuff online. And if you guys already subscribed and checked out videos like The Shape, True Crime Investigates, Real Chill Grays, G-R-A-Z, uh, Gray Hudges, and many more. There's so many out there, you know, definitely check them out. They're very great. They're knowledgeable about the case. They're trying to help. So definitely check them out. Excuse me. Now, I ended up going on the map and I'm about to show you guys in a second. And just a couple things doesn't make sense. So apparently there was three signatures left at the crime scene. Now, I recently just found out about this. Apparently a lot of people know for a long time, but I just found out about this. And... One of them apparently was a religious form somehow. You know, it was a religious signature of some form. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know if the person left like a rosary or the, how the girls were set up or what. Now, apparently how the girls were found, one of the searchers were using like a Zoom app and they were zooming in and they thought it was like an animal or something like that. And then when they arrived to it, it happened to be Abby and Libby. Now, I highly doubt this, but what people were saying is that the killer went back to the scene of the crime that night. Now, I just disagree with that. And I'm going to explain why in a little bit. And then apparently there's more than one killer. You know, I was watching an interview, uh, two ladies, one of them is really big in the, the Delphi case, and she claims there's three killers involved, two older people and one young person. That's why the, uh, the sketches shows an older man and a younger man. She says both sketches are correct. It's just two different people and they just don't have a sketch of the oldest man. And I thought, hmm two killers I or three killers you know how and a, she claims that two the two men are how it's escorted the girls you know down to where the third guy was already waiting now i just i want to believe that in a way because it would make sense on how he was able to you know abduct the two girls and keep them both quiet and you know without tying them up or taping them or anything and when when the murder happened you know it happened around the same time now apparently libby was found with no clothes on they found her shoe um by deer creek i don't know if she was running and her shoe came off when she was running or she fought back um, trying to protect Abby. That was my theory at first. You know, I thought maybe Abby was being hurt and Libby tried to help her. And that does seem like a fact because one, Libby's older, she's bigger, she's an athlete, she's stronger. So I'm wondering if she tried to fight back. I'm wondering if she fought back trying to protect Abby. You know, because Abby and her, yes, they were best friends, but they're sisters. I don't care what anyone says, they were sisters. They were with each other to the very end and they were having a great day and all hell broke loose on them. Hell came on them, which is just horrible. Now, let's check this out real quick. So let's go right here. Okay. So everybody knows what this is. This is the area of 
the Monon High Bridge. Okay, the girls were found. Here, let me switch my glasses. Sorry. I hate wearing glasses. It drives me nuts, but I got to see. I like to wear my shades when I'm doing my videos. So the girls were found around this area right here. Let me zoom in so it's a little bit easier on screen. But they were found in this area around here. Okay. And that's this area, if you can see it. You know, just around here. Now... My original theory was this, okay? My original theory is was moments after the girls were dropped off, bridge guy appeared. You know, he he was already on the same side of, same side of the bridge that the girl was on the girls were on moments after they were dropped off. And they saw him. They made their he made his presence pretty known. They saw him, maybe he was in the bushes. Maybe he was walking a little distance behind. They kind of got creeped out because how he looked and everything like that. And followed him pretty much across the bridge. Now, the girls got to the start of the bridge. And moments after they started, Libby took a photo and posted it up to her Snapchat. The girls ended up going all the way across the bridge. Brave, which is because I'm terrified of heights. It would have taken me like, you know, definitely... Uh, definitely, you know, 20 minutes to make it across that. Now, the average walk time, depending on the person, of course, is what, 10 to 12 minutes. I'm assuming with Libby and Abby, you know, it was Abby's first time doing the bridge. Libby's done it dozens of times already, but Abby will be going kind of slow. She's younger, she's only a year younger, but she's scared, nervous. There's a lot of gaps in the railroad and, you know, just the bridge you know it's 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 really scary you know you're really high up there so they start across she takes a photo and then she gets around here and then takes the photo of abby and libby was facing this way she was you know aiming this way and abby was facing this way so i can't remember if it was north or south so the girls ended up making it all the way across the bridge then bridge guys started I'm assuming this is when bridge guys started. Once they got closer towards the end of the bridge. Okay. Now they get across. And the reason why I think that. Because you know. They probably got creeped out at this point. Because apparently there was a recording. Uh, more audio that the parents got to hear. Abby's mother said that. She actually heard the recording. And one of it was Libby. Saying this is where the trail ends. We can't go any further. She said, you can't really hear anything. It sounds, you know, kind of blurry and you can't see anything or anything like that. It's just audio. Now, apparently in that recording as well, even though Abby's mother did not say this, but apparently in the recording, you can, I guess it was told that Abby told Libby, is that creepy guy still following us? Now, I know you guys heard me talk about that before. So I'm assuming when he started on the bridge, they were able to see him coming. Now, they saw him, you know, the girls were dropped off in this area right here. This is where the girls were dropped off. They started on the trail. I'm thinking he, they first originally saw him around here moments after they were dropped off. Now, this is just a theory of mine that I originally had, my very first theory. And basically just started following him. Maybe he said something to him that creeped him out. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he tried to touch him. I don't know. You know, maybe there was some kind of contact. Maybe not. But at some point they saw him around here at that moment after they were dropped off. They kept on going. They were a little creeped out, but they kept on doing their thing. They made it across. Then they see him on the start of the bridge. Okay. Then they keep going to the end of the trail. And then bridge guy, I don't know if it would be down here somewhere or down this way somewhere or even back in here. But apparently I'm assuming that bridge guy got off the bridge. And then I don't know if he told the girls they were trespassing. I don't know if he said anything to him, but maybe he just turned around and then started back on the bridge. Right. Let's say he started back on the bridge. The girls sit down, take a rest break, and give it a few moments, you know, let them leave. 
you know, so he's away from them. And then they start heading back towards the bridge. And then they see bridge guy turn around and start walking back towards them. And then that's when they know something's really wrong and freaked out. And that's when Libby pulls out her phone and starts recording him. Now, if you notice in all of my other videos, I'm really upset on why we don't know why Libby pulled out her phone. We know she's a hero for doing it. It's great that she had the instincts to do it because it gave us some kind of evidence. Now, just because we weren't able to solve it so far, it doesn't mean we won't able to with the evidence that she done. She did everything she could to help solve this case. She knew something terrible was wrong. Something was going to happen. Something was just not right. The guy was creepy. He was, you know, weird or whatever. But it was enough to where she pulled out her phone and started record him. And then while he's walking, maybe they're staying at the bridge hoping that he would just pass them by and then grabs them. Now, I'm not saying he physically grabbed them, but pulled out a firearm. The reason why I think he pulled out a firearm is because when you see the photo or see the video with him walking in his right pocket, it looks like it's like butching out a little bit, like there is something there, some kind of weapon. And it looks like the pouch, he has a pouch that on his right hip and it looks like a deer hunting pouch that's what i was told that it could be but it does look like he has something right there at first i thought it was like a frannel shirt or whatever you know just hanging over but you can see there's definitely a pouch right there so let's see now apparently before the girls were dropped off around 12 p.m bridge guy was actually seen around here from a 16 year old girl that's what i saw in another video i don't know if that's been confirmed but he apparently saw she apparently saw oh wait i'm so sorry there we go see if i can make it bigger all right there we go i'm sorry about that so where are we at okay so let's go back a minute because i messed that up so what i think you know, they made the, when they got to the end of the bridge, the end of the trail. I'm not sure if it was around here or around here or even down here a little bit. I don't know how the trail is. I just know the basic of the base of the trail of the bridge. Now, I think that at some point the girl saw him on this side of the trail, but they originally saw him down over here. And then once they got to the end of the trail, towards the very end, or even at the end of the trail, they turn around and he's already started on the trail. Now, if you notice when he's walking and stuff, he's moving pretty fast. I mean, he's got his hands in his pockets and he's just walking like he's walked that thing a hundred times. You got to remember, it's way up there. Excuse me. It's way up there. Um you know, it's it's got gaps in between it. It's very unsturdy. The railroad shut it down in 1987. And even though it's scary as hell, dozens of people do it, you know, a year. Libby's done it a dozen times herself, but it was Abby's first time. So I would figure, you know, like I said before, it takes uh, the average person 10 to 15 minutes to walk it. Two little girls, I would say around 18 to 20 minutes. Now, I'm just assuming that because since it was Abby's first time. And then... They see him on this side of the bridge somehow. And then he goes back. I don't know if he told the girls, like I said, that he was they were trespassing or or something. And then he starts back on the trail. The girls wait a few moments to let him leave to get him out of there so he's away from them. Or they were just taking a rest break for a second. You know, they just walk that thing. It's pretty scary. But then when they start to head back, bridge guy turns around. Basically, he goes out to make sure there's nobody else around at this point. He knows that there's no one that could hear or see him. That's why he went to go double check. And then he turns around and comes back. And that's why, like I was saying, Libby took out her phone and started recording him. Now, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this, but it's just a theory that I originally had. Okay, now the other theory is, is that bridge guy was already on this side of the bridge from the moments the girls were dropped off at this area. So that he was already on this side of the bridge and then the girls passed him some point on the bridge, probably around 
towards the end around probably around here because in the photo that libby's taking up abby there's no one behind her that we can see maybe there's someone a little farther down here by the bushes or something the trees but we just don't see anybody but at some point he turns around she takes out her phone and starts recording. Now, the only reason why I disagreed with that at first is because of the audio that Abby's mother heard. She said that Libby is saying, she can hear Libby say, this is where the trail ends. We can't go any further. So they got to the very end of the trail. And then when they went to go back, that's when they see Bridge Guy coming back towards them this way. Now, like I was going to say, apparently at around 12 o'clock, you know, that's about an hour and a half before the girls were dropped off. Bridge guy was seen by a 16-year-old around here. Now, I don't know if that's been confirmed, but that was on a video that I recently saw. And that the girl was a little creeped out by him, and he just kept going. Now, at 12.30 p.m., the owner... Where am I at? Let me see here. Okay, is that the bridge? Okay, so right here. The owner of this property went to go walk her dogs towards the bridge. And she ran into Bridge Guy around here. Now, she ran into Bridge Guy at that moment. And she described him to the T. Someone wearing baggy blue jeans, you know, raggedy, with the blue zip-up jacket, a brown hoodie, without, with no blue eyes. For sure, no blue eyes. They actually even had a conversation, a small conversation for a minute. And then when she started heading back to our property, he was seen heading back onto the bridge. I had no idea about that, to be honest with you. I had no idea that anyone communicated with Bridge Guy until that moment. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. And apparently this homeowner described him to the T. She described the kind of mustache he had, the kind of color hair, what he was wearing, which is identical to the video that we saw that Libby had took. Now, and then at 1.30 to 1.40 p.m., the girls were dropped off at this point. Now, you got to remember at 12.30, he started, he was seen around probably you say 12:45 because she ran into him between 12:30 to 12:40 maybe a little past or before she ran into him around here he was seen to head back towards the you know towards the other side you know the start of the trail and then the girls are dropped off at 1:30 he's around here or you know could be down here or something they somehow see him she did they start on the trail she takes her first photo to post on her social media account and then they go down a little bit and then he makes his presence maybe a little bit known after the second photo was taken of Abby. Then they get on and then he's already starting on the trail. Now the question is, did he get off the trail and then say anything to him before he went back? Because the only video you have is Libby recording him walking towards them. Now, let's say he made it all the way to the end and then approached them and said something or something or maybe just turned around. Because there's a reason why Abby said, is that creepy guy still following us? You know, you're not just going to say that right here. You know, if you just see him right here without any kind of contact, maybe he said something to him or something or tried to lead him somewhere. And they were like, no. And they kept going. That would still probably freak him out enough, freak him out enough to not go any further. Knowing a strange guy was out there, but maybe he didn't say anything to him at all, but they saw him. And then the trail was going on. And then he gets him. He takes him across the creek. Now, this is what I thought at first. Maybe they decided to try to run from him. Because if you listen in the audio, he doesn't sound like he's yelling or being controlling or anything. That's what made me think that he has a firearm on him. Because he's basically like controlling him. Guys, down the hill. Guys, down the hill. You know, that's what made me think he had a firearm, a firearm on them the entire time. And then he takes him across. And then the... And then the murders happen.
this case gets me emotional. I do apologize. Um, I'll edit that out, but I mean, it, it just really gets to me. All right. So now, so the video I was watching said there was, the killer left three signatures. Okay. Now the girls are dropped off at 130, 145. They started the walk. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes. I would say first time doing it, you know, so it's around, let's say two, two fifteen. Okay. Now, when the girls are already probably heading this way with Bridge Guy, two witnesses, two other women, uh, Cheyenne and Cheryl, two best friends that were coming, and they started on the trail at that time. I believe it was around 2.15 to 2.30. They started on the trail. Then the murders happen, or or not. Now, I do not believe the girls were shot because you would hear that gunshot from right there. If the girls were found right here, apparently the police say they believe the girls were murdered where they were found at. Okay. They were found in this area. Even in this area, you would still hear the gunshot around here or even around here. You know, all that, there's no buildings or anything. So you would have definitely heard the gunshot. Now, at first, I thought if it was one killer, how did he keep them quiet when he was stabbing them? Did he tape up their mouths? Did he stuff their mouths? Did he? I'm not even going to say what I thought he did. But <clears throat> but then when I saw the video last night where the one, I can't think of her name. She does YouTube videos all the time for the Delphi. She guarantees there was three killers. Apparently, two of them, one of the of bridge guy another young one that was around here somewhere and then the oldest guy that was already waiting over here for the for the girls to come now the only reason why i disagree with three is and him already being over here is because how did they know you know where exactly they were going to get the girls how did they know unless they saw him from the very start of the trail if they saw him from the very beginning that makes sense, okay? The one older guy would come to the cemetery or however and then be right over here just waiting. Uh, bridge guy is following him the old way, and the young one is just waiting for him around here somewhere. Maybe he went with the older guy for a minute and then started heading back towards the trail this way, and that's when they both grabbed him. Now, I would think if they were being stabbed, they would be at least screaming. If their mouths weren't shut or, you know, taped up, if their mouths weren't, taped up or something like that you know because you, you know it's painful they're scared they're little girls you know so you're screaming for your life you know you, you. Oh. You're screaming for your life. So I would think you, they, the girls, Cheryl and Cheyenne, would have at least heard something. And they didn't hear anything. Well, let's get back to it. So murders happen over here. Cheyenne and Cheryl are on the bridge. And then the killer starts making his way this way around the creek. And then he ends up back on the trail around here somewhere. Then he runs in to, I guess, a local millionaire by Mr. McCain around here. Doesn't talk to him or anything like that, I don't believe. But Mr. McCain ended up seeing him some point around here. And then the bridge guy made it onto his car. So if it was more than one killer, why wasn't there anyone with him? Why would he be alone, not have the young or old guy with him? And... I don't know. I just think there's me personally, as of right now, I think there's only one person that did this. It could be two. It could be two, but I don't think there was three. That's just my personal opinion. I could be totally wrong, but I do believe there could be two. As of right now, I'm really going for one. So then at this time, Libby's father, Derek, is coming to get him. He's about to pull in. He's trying to get a hold of him. No response. And then bridge guy 
gets in his car, and takes off. What I did not know is that the girls lived, uh, Libby lived seven minutes away from the trail. That's less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes away from the start of the trail. That is not far at all. Okay. So the girls are reported missing uh, around 5.36 p.m. to the police. The parents couldn't get a hold of them. They couldn't reach it. They couldn't get a hold of them on the phone. They couldn't find them. It was getting dark. So they contact the police. The police go out there. They start helping search. Even volunteers start coming out, right? Now, what I still don't understand, okay, me personally, if my daughter was missing, you couldn't drag me away from that place where she was last seen, especially if I think she's hiking or on a trail or something. Maybe she got hurt because that was their first instincts. Either the girls, you know, were just wandering somewhere. Uh, they ran. I don't think they said they ran away, but that's also one of the things that the police think or that, you know, they just got hurt. You know, and they can't find them. But it's still very cold at night in Delphi, Indiana in February. It's early February. And then they called off the search for the night, which I don't understand why. I believe it was around 11.30 p.m. to midnight. I, I, I don't understand why. Now, the other theory is, is that the killer actually came back to leave his signatures because it was such a t- short time window for the killings to happen, let's go to it real quick. For the murders to happen, leave his signatures or whatever, and then walk casual within, what, a half hour? Libby was apparently found with no clothes on. They found her shoe near the creek. Okay. That's why I think that she was trying to protect Abby. Abby, I believe, was probably being target first, and Libby wasn't having it. She was an athlete, she was strong, and she wanted to protect her friend. You know, the one thing that gets me all the time is, and that's what kept me up all night, honestly, is the fear these little girls had to have gone through. I mean, just hoping to get away, just hoping and praying that they don't get hurt. And that's what I keep thinking about, you know, them crying, scared, and being murdered. For what? For no reason at all. They didn't harm anybody. They didn't harm anyone. Nobody. They didn't do anything wrong. And just for being young girls, they were punished. For being themselves. Not punished, but hurt and killed. They were praying somebody saw them. They were praying somebody would help them. They were praying that he would leave them alone. That he wouldn't hurt him or kill him. This son of a bitch. And he's still walking the streets today. Walking the streets today. Watching the videos. I, I know he watches the YouTube videos. I'm not saying he watches mine, but he does watch them. That's how he gets information. He probably even enjoys it. I do believe the killer was from Delphi. I believe he either was from Delphi or lived there for some time at one point. Or definitely lived in the immediate cities around Delphi. He's definitely done that trail a dozen times. But what I don't understand is. Let's go back. Because if he was seen around here, he was also seen 
around here and communicated with somebody. He communicated with this homeowner right here. Talked to her. Had a conversation with her. Was he out there waiting? I know catfish has been a story for a while. You know, a lot of people were saying that for a while that the girls were catfish. I know with the Anthony shots, the Keegan Klein thing going on, you know, that is definitely a high possibility. I'm not saying Keegan Klein is the guy, but maybe he could be connected to the guy, you know, or, you know, whatever. But could the girls have been catfish? It's a high possibility. Very high possibility. For the longest time, I didn't believe they were. I think this was a random act. I don't think that I didn't think the girls were targeted. I think that he was going to kill somebody that day and came across them. But it seems like he was waiting. That's what gets me. He was seen here at 12. He was also seen here. At 1230. Now the girls weren't dropped off till 130. So he was just walking around here. Just probably back and forth on the bridge maybe or on the trail or maybe even trying to find a spot of what he's going to do. Maybe he went back across and then went this way. So he knew exactly where to take him once he got him. You know, he was just waiting for someone to come along. You know, cemetery's right there. You know, this is the cemetery area. The girls were found in this area. So maybe he went to find the spot on how he was going to do it. Had his getaway plan. You know, he's going to walk around here, get back onto the trail and take off. And apparently around here now, uh, Mr. Kane, I think it's his name is David Kane McCain. He was seen by Cheryl and Cheyenne. They saw an old, they described him as an older white guy with white hair, you know, hanging around the bridge area. And then he headed back. And then Libby's father, Derek, caught him around the same place. And he approached him and said, he approached him and said, if he's if they see if the man seen Abby and Libby, he described him and stuff. And the man responded, Mr. McCain responded by saying no, but there's a couple on the bridge, you know, hanging around the bridge. But as the description the guy gave him, he knew it wasn't Abby or Libby. So when he started looking for him and calling him, and there was no response. Now it's still a short time window from when the girls were dropped off. From the walking to the trail and going to the end of the trail and then coming back and then being murdered and then leaving the signatures. I highly doubt the murderer came back that night. The only reason why I don't think he did is because there had to have been somebody still around. It weren't the cops still around there, you know, even all night. If the girls were out there, if they thought they were just hurt or something, I'm sure the police were still patrolling it or some volunteers or something. You know, why would he go back to the scene of the crime to leave his mark, his signatures, and take a chance of somebody seeing him? Would he have went through the cemetery area? Just in case somebody did see him, he could say, you know, he was visiting a gravesite or, you know, something like that. Because now he knows where he can go through the cemetery and go right to where the crime is, you know, and then he left his mark. You know, and then nobody saw him. You know, that just seems a little far-fetched to me. You know, he did the crime. He did. The police say that this was a very odd crime scene. Okay. But all murder crime scenes are odd. But they said this one is really, really odd. You know, of course, we still don't know how the girls were murdered. We still don't know who did it. We still don't know why or anything. Now, the one thing that did get me is that. One of the girls, I believe it was Libby, she was, uh, they said that she died on, on her um, death certificate. She died on the 13th and Abby died on the 14th. Now that doesn't mean that Abby was still alive all that time. But I guess in Indiana, Indiana a crime like this, the parents can decide on when the girl's you know, actual death was. And Libby's family said 13th, the day that the crime actually happened. 
and Abby's family said the 14th, the day the girls were found. Now, I could have the girls mixed up on this, but I'm pretty sure that is correct. That Abby's uh, death certificate says the February 14th. Libby says February 13th. It will be five years in February since this crime happened. Five years. Anytime, any kind of, every time, every time any new information comes out about this case, we jump on it. With James Bryan Chadwell, we were all jumping on it. Oh, he's got the tattoos of the girls. He lives, you know, 20 minutes away. His, the recent crime he did. Um, he liked hanging out in the woods. His parents or his brother was saying he's capable of murder. You know, the one tattoo looked just like Libby, if you look at it clear. I mean, it does look like her. And then that came out to be false. We got this new thing going on. You know, Anthony Schatz, you know, who's really King Klein, that was basically catfishing minors and had contact with Libby two months prior to before her death. Two months. But in December of 2016, there was contact between him and Libby on her social media account. I believe it was her Instagram account. There was contact. He liked one of her videos. I believe he even left a comment and could have been sending her private messages, DMs. That seems hot. That seems possible. And what pisses me off about that, that son of a, that prick was actually out here in Vegas at one point. I looked his Facebook up and he has a bunch of Vegas videos and photos of Vegas and I had no idea it was him. I'm not saying I saw him. I'm just saying I wish I knew that he was here and what he has done because it would have gotten him. <laughs> I mean, for real. I'm not saying, you know, end him, but he would have gotten busted upside the head for sure. <sighs> Five years is a long, long time. And I know every time any one of us do a video, we're hoping it helps and stays in the spotlight and hoping one day they can catch this guy. Now, the police won't release any more audio. Apparently, they don't want false, you know, it will ruin the investigation. And only the killer knows is what they said. Only the killer would know the same stuff that's on the audio. Now, apparently, there was a question asked to the police if the murders were on the phone and the police said no in a way i disagree with that now i know you guys heard me talk about this before i disagree with that i think the phone was in her pocket and you can hear the murders but then again when they crossed the river or the creek sorry when they crossed the creek maybe it got wet and that's how it got damaged maybe there's more audio of him talking maybe him being more demanding Something because in the audio, he just doesn't sound like he's yelling or being stern or anything. That's what made me think for the longest time that he has a firearm on. Or maybe he's telling them they trespassed and they need to go around this way. That it's blocked off or something. Even though they know it's not. They knew something was wrong. Obviously. They knew something was not right with this guy. And apparently, an hour and a half before that. Or actually, two hours before that. The guy was seen by a 16-year-old on the other side that creeped her out. She said the guy was creepy. Now, I don't know if that's been confirmed, but that wasn't one of the videos that I saw. You know, I was looking at this thing all night. Going over and over and over in my head. Thinking of theories and ideas and clues the police just need to give us a little bit more. I I understand they don't want false confessions. And yes, call, false confessions will happen. I don't know why they do. But it definitely will, especially with this case. But just a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit. At least tell the families what happened to them. You know, I think the police don't know a lot, you know. I, I think um, I think they have quite a bit more information that we that we have, of course. You know, I bet there's a lot more on that audio. Maybe it's just not real clear because it was in Libby's pocket. But 
they can release and give us some kind of information. Something just a little bit more. And of course, they're not going to because it would jeopardize their investigation. Well, it's been five years. Time's up. Okay. It's going to be five years in a few weeks. A few weeks. Five years. My queen and I are actually trying to fly out to Delphi around that time just so we can go out there and see Delphi and in the memory and their memory and do their walk and everything. We're really hoping to get out there around the anniversary. And the guys walking the streets today. Okay. It's been five years. It's not going to jeopardize your investigation. Your investigation is jeopardized already because you haven't caught the guy. Now, I know I get upset about this, but I'm really upset how the police called off the search the first night. Even if the girls were hurt or ran away, it's still cold as hell. It's dark out. Everybody knew that Libby Dan liked the dark. That's when Abby's mother got freaked out is when she heard Libby's mom say that. That's when she realized that something was really wrong. She didn't think that at first that anything really terrible happened to the girls. And then she heard Libby's mother say that. And then she knew something was very wrong. And the police called off the search. Now I get it. They, they, they didn't expect what happened. I get it. But you still... Don't call off the search. Be out there all night if you have to. Would it have made a difference? Would it have saved them? Probably not. I highly doubt it. But it's still not right. It's not right. The girls were out there all night. Were bugs and... Animals and bugs could have gotten to them. All night they were out there alone. And that animal filth piece of is out here walking the streets today. He could be my next door neighbor for all as we know. He could be your next door neighbor. Out here walking the streets today. Do I think somebody knows who this guy is? Of course. Yeah, I think somebody knows who he is. Do I think somebody knows what he's done? I don't know about that one. I really don't. Um, I mean, everybody, he definitely knows people. I'm assuming that. The only thing is that, is that if somebody known what he's done, I think they would be trying to get that reward money. That's what makes me think that maybe... He lived a double life or he lives alone. Um, that's why I think it's only one killer because, you know, it's hard for one person to keep a secret, let alone two, let alone three. You know, especially with this kind of crime. You know, if they get arrested for something else, they're going to say, well, I, I could tell you what happened here. And as long as you let me go, I mean, they would definitely make a deal for this kind of case. And if somebody wasn't involved and they know what he did, I mean, they would try to probably tell to get that reward money. I mean, that's a life-changing amount of reward money. You know, that's, that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a family member that knows what he's done. They're not going to give him up. I mean, I do believe it was someone local or was local at one point. I do believe he was living in Delphi or from Delphi. Um, I'm not saying he still lives there. Or at least he lived in the immediate cities around Delphi. There's, you know, a lot of those around there. So, I mean, he definitely has some kind of connection, some kind of ties to Delphi somehow. You know, at one point I thought maybe he was a trucker, you know, parked his truck at the truck stop or whatever, or hotel, I, I don't know, somewhere. I don't know how Delphi is. And then, you know, he went, but apparently they found a car. They saw a car at an abandoned CVS, I believe it was. You know, around here somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where. I can't wait to go out to Delphi just so I can at least know where things are at. This homeowner, homeowner right here, you know, she's she's really lucky because, you know, she actually communicated with them. It's overseeing, I believe, all this. I mean, he was... Uh, you know, it's, it's 
It's crazy, you know, it's crazy. Walking the streets today. Out there walking like nothing ever happened. Laughing, having fun, good old time, maybe even drinking beers. And he's done the worst thing imaginable. Two little girls. Maybe he knew they didn't have school. Maybe they were cafes and targeted. Now, apparently, that's what the video I saw last night. One of them. I watched a bunch of them last night. But apparently, the one video I watched last night. Three killers that were targeted because of Libby's family being involved in things. Or Abby's family. I can't remember which. But apparently, Libby's family was involved in narcotics. And they already threatened them before. They said, something's going to happen to you if you don't pay us money or give us what we want. And she doesn't believe that Libby's family is being 100% honest. 100% 100% honest. That kind of rubs me wrong in a way. Because if that's true. They deserve to go to prison for the rest of their lives. I believe they are being honest as they can be. The only reason why is because that's their little girl. Who did nothing wrong. I mean that's. No parent should ever outlive a child. And once they. Their babies are taken from them. You're not going to care. About your past or things that you've done. You just want the guy who did it. So if they knew who the person was. I would say they definitely would have told by now. They would have freaked out and told. Almost five years. And in, and nothing. All of us that do YouTube videos and audio and stuff. We all do the best we can. We come up with ideas and theories. The one thing we need to do a little bit more is support each other. Like I said, check out The Shape. Check out Real Chill G-R-A-Z. Check out True Crime Investigates. Check out Gray Hudges. And check out everybody that's trying to get this case solved. All of them. We all want the same outcome. We all want the case solved. We all want the girls to have justice. The families are never going to have peace. Never. That's what uh, someone said one time. Well, give the family peace by getting this guy. That's not going to give them peace. Their baby girls are gone forever. Scared. You know, in the cold and alone. Hoping that they would be there to help them. That was their last moments. Fear. Horror. That was their last fucking Just straight evil. Evil. That's it for right now, Kings and Queens. Um I I do apologize for my emotions. I know I get a little upset about this, but this case is just horrible. Horrible. And it it's gonna bother me until we get this guy and hopefully it hopefully that still probably gonna bother me but you know if I got anything to say to um the Delphi police it's uh time's up you know we're we're at the point where we're gonna try to get it solved ourselves somehow it's been long enough Give us the information that we need, and we'll t- we'll do whatever we can to take care of it. You're asking for the public's help. Give us a little bit more. A little bit more. You don't need to give us everything. Give us a little bit more, something more that we could work with. You have more audio of the guy speaking? Give it to us. No matter what he's saying to them, get it to us. That might be the piece that gets this case solved. You have more video, more pictures? Get it to us. That could be the piece that gets this case solved. You know, five years, it's it's long enough. It's long enough. You're, you're at the point now where this case is never going to get solved. And yes, every couple months, year, two years, you come out with new information, apparently, you know, and this person is an interest, this person is an interest. I mean, how many people of interest have they had? How many? Eight? Six, seven? Is that just to tell us that they're still working on the case? 
I don't even know if they talked to Keegan Klein yet. The last thing I heard was what a month ago that there was contact. Okay, have you guys talked to him? Has he said anything about the crime? Does he know about the crime? Come on now. I mean, we're not stupid, Delphi police. And I do apologize for saying that. I know you guys are trying everything you can to get this case off, but give us a little bit more. Just a little bit more, okay? That's what you can do for us. If you want our help and you, we, we just need a little bit more. We're doing everything we can. We've been doing everything we can. Millions of people are doing everything they can to get this case solved and get this guy who is out there walking the streets today and can harm somebody else at any moment of time. You know what he's capable of. You you know what he's capable of. He did the worst crime you could possibly do. You want our help? Give us something. Something a little bit more. If you have it. Okay, don't make it seem like you have a lot of information, but you won't release it because of false confessions. If you have a lot of bit more information, you can give us a little bit more. Three words or four words isn't enough. A video, obviously, that's too far that you can play a hundred times for all of us isn't enough. Give us the more of the audio. A little bit more audio of his voice. It might not be clear, but maybe somebody can figure it out. That's it right now, kings and queens. I love you guys so much. You guys stay safe, and we'll get back together next time. You guys take care. I'm serious. This case has been freaking forever. I mean, it's ridiculous.